Welcome to the Dance Floor Ballroom Podcast, the podcast where we talk all things ballroom. I am Lauren Johnson, and I'm very lucky to have on the show today my good friend Ashley. We are doing a podcast today entitled, A Woman Needs a Man Like a Fish Needs a Bicycle, and that's a little homage to (laughs) a good feminist, Gloria Steinem, and it's a little bit about feminism today. I specifically wanted to talk to Ashley because I really admire the fact that as a woman in the ballroom industry, she's set out on her own career path. And she actually started her first business with another female instructor. Mm -hmm. So, Ashley, if you want to start off just kind of telling us a little bit about how you got started into ballroom dancing and teaching professionally. Yeah, um, it's kind of a funny story. I was actually in Chicago um, going to school for something completely different, which we all can probably relate to. Yes. And I fell into um, my friend Ashley funny that we have the same name. <laughs> this is um, going to be a confusing yeah, story. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, she invited me out to a salsa club and I fell in love. I was terrible. <laughs> I was absolutely <laughs> terrible. A I white girl, a white totally girl relate. from the country. <laughs> um, trying her um, moves in Latin uh, was really interesting, but I absolutely fell in love. And the more I did it, the more I wanted to learn more. So long story short, from Chicago, I moved back to Michigan, back home, and I looked into ballroom classes, and I became a student. And from there, I I received an opportunity to start teacher training, and I took the ball and ran with it. Um, It started off as a a hobby, and um, I haven't looked back since, and I've been now teaching for 10 years, which is absolutely amazing. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's kind of cool that it starts off as a passion. Yeah. Because I was just podcasting with our friend Tiffany Mm -hmm. recently, and she started off as an amateur, as a student as well. And one of the things that I feel like is so cool as a professional teacher when you come from that background is you really have a unique perspective for what students go through Mm -hmm. because there's no excuses that they can give you. You're Mm -hmm. like, I've literally felt (laughs) every emotion you felt. And we all started dancing somewhere, even Mm -hmm. people that went from either their own dance background right into teaching professionally We all have had those growing pains, but I feel like specifically when you've been a student in that studio atmosphere, you have a really, really cool perspective on how to relate to some of the struggles that students go through. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely been through all of them. Yeah. (laughs) So one of the things, again, that I feel like is really cool about the business that you started with your good friend, Trish. Yes. How did you guys meet? And then how did that develop into wanting to start a business together? Yeah, um, that's kind of a a touchy story, Um, but we were uh, training actually at the same studio, and um, we went through, together we we were each other's support system, we were each other's um, inspiration, and we went through teacher training and got high level which was awesome through a program That's called cool. uh, with Davida. Davida, yeah, yep. it's a great syllabus. Yeah, yeah, and we were just we were inspired by each other, and we went through a little uh, rough patch. We ended up leaving the studio we were at, and kind of just like, what are we gonna do? Right. Um, we knew we had to get out of that atmosphere. There was an opportunity presented that I had to make a decision to start a business within two weeks. Oh wow. It was insane how this just fell in in my lap. Um, It was a a huge space that they were losing their renter, and they wanted someone to start full-time in two weeks. 
I jumped in. It was like destiny. That's like it a was weird, crazy. creepy like, timing. It was so crazy. I was like, I have nothing to lose. Right. I, I jumped on board. And a month later, Trish was Trish was there. That's cool. And That's it, so cool. Yeah. And we ran with it. And we were in business for almost six years that together. That is so amazing. Yeah. And it was the scariest thing ever. Like, oh my gosh. And the knowing what I know now, it was the best decision that either one of us could have made. It was really cool. And I feel like starting a business, no matter what industry or profession you're in, is scary. Definitely. I think specifically, so whether you're listening to the podcast because you are a ballroom dancer or you're interested in ballroom dancing, just to give a little perspective, um, even if you are a ballroom dancer that you might not realize on the professional side of this, it is, it's, it's very rare. In fact, you're the first sort of female team that I've heard of opening a studio. Mm -hmm. It it might exist. I'm sure other in other places, but Mm -hmm. for the ballroom world is very small too. So when we go to competitions, (laughs) you could go to a competition in Las Vegas and know everyone there. Exactly. So for me to have been in the ballroom industry for a while, and you are the first female team that I've ever heard of opening a studio together is kind of insane when you think about it. So just to give a little perspective, it is pretty rare for a woman either by herself or for two women together to open a studio. It's not necessarily because we hate women in the ballroom industry. No. It's just that it is a, a profession that is very oriented towards partnership. Yes. Because ballroom dancing is about dancing with a partner, or at least that's a big part of it. Mm-hmm. So a lot of studios tend to be run by couples or Mm -hmm. by men because the demographic of students tends to be largely women. Yes. It's a, it's a very male dominated industry. Right. Because there's like more women that have a desire to to dance. Yeah. 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 And it was a challenge when Trish and I started, but we had some, we had a lot of support actually. And what drove us was to make great male dancers to bring the women. Ah, that's so smart. So that was our, that was our business. That's incredible. And we, it was so crazy because we would look at our group classes sometimes and have more men than women, which you know, in our industry <laughs> is completely <laughs> unheard of. Yeah. There's always more women than men. Yeah. That was rarely the case in our studio. And it was, it was so cool. So how did you guys handle, I, I think that's obviously such an ingenious idea to be like, well, if we have the men, the women will come, <laughs> obviously, that's really cool. Yeah. So yeah. when you were first sort of getting your influx of clients, how mm-hmm. did you deal with maybe single women coming to your studio that wanted to take private lessons? Did you then take on a male instructor? Did you guys mm-hmm. teach women? How did you handle that? Yeah, we had we had a male instructor, uh, Jonathan. Jonathan was Trisha's partner at right. the time. Okay. So he, he stepped in for that role. And then we were able to build from there and we used our male students as our our assistants. Yeah. You know, like we, we really, we really utilize them to our benefit for our female clients. That's amazing. Not that they were teaching, they were assisting and then Jonathan was there. Well, cause at some point in classes, whether it's outweighed from men to women, you just need bodies. You just need people to dance with. Yep. And I think that's really cool, too, because one of the stigmas, especially when we get into social dancing, is mm-hmm. that a lot of women students, I don't want to say only want to dance with the professional guys, but they really prefer to dance with the yeah. professional teachers because it's exciting. I mean, I love dancing with my coach. Like, yeah. I'm like, oh, man, I want to want to dance yeah, with Pierre. Amazing. He's amazing. I know. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're incredible. So I kind of love the idea that you were like, 
you know what? We don't have men. We're going to make great men dancers and we're not going to rely on the fact that we're two women starting this business. And, and I think that's really, that's such a cool, that's such a cool perspective to come through with that. Yeah. And what was also kind of cool is that it also gave us an opportunity to have a ladies team and we, Oh, your formations are the best. Yeah. We had a ladies formation team and that was awesome because we got to work on them as individuals. So then when they do find that partner or when they do pair up with someone, they got they got it. Yeah. So basically, Ashley and Trish would choreograph these really cool, you can't even call them solo numbers, they're formations, yeah. they're group numbers, but they would be comprised just of women. One of my favorites that you guys did was the Gatsby one, yeah. the little party. <laughs> and then you guys also did this really cool one with the black and gold dresses. Mm-hmm. What song was that? Was it I Put a Spell on You? Yes, Fifty Shades yeah. of Grey. It was something Annie like Lennox. very sexy mm-hmm. and cool. Yep. So that's the other kind of fun thing. You know, I mentioned before that ballroom dancing, a lot of it is about dancing with a partner, but it doesn't have to be just mm-hmm. that. Sometimes it's even interpreting a style by yourself, mm-hmm. which also kind of brings me to something that I thought was really, really cool. You, I think it was at the last Christmas showcase <laughs> yep. for your studio. <laughs> performed a solo mambo in the professional part of the show. Yeah. I have to say, when I saw it, I saw the video of it on Facebook. When I saw the video, I was blown away. It Thank was you. so incredible. It was so scary. The <laughs> thing is, is again, you know, we talk about how ballroom dancing is a little bit about dancing with a partner, a lot about dancing with a partner. Mm-hmm. But if I had to perform solo by myself, I would pee my pants. I would be so terrified. Yeah. So how did you approach choreographing? And, and like, is that something that you've done frequently? How do you approach choreographing a solo routine for yourself? <laughs> well, at the studio that I'm at, it's um, the owners are partners. And then uh, uh, Tiffany and Jonathan are partners. And right. then there was me. I'm, I'm the fifth <laughs> You're the wheel. odd man out. <laughs> I'm the fifth wheel. So I was like, well, what can I do? I mean, I could have partnered with with Jonathan or Tiffany right. and I'm like, but they're already performing. We had actually only two weeks to put this together. Oh wow. Maybe three. So I just took the bull by the horns and I'm like, I'm just gonna put myself on the floor. And it was only a minute. Yeah. It wasn't like it was a two, three minute routine. I was just like, I'm just gonna have fun with it and yeah. uh show students and also my female clients ha- having a ladies group that yeah. this is a possibility. And it's not all about the partnership. And that was my drive. I love that because so much about ballroom dancing is about interpreting a dance style mm-hmm. and maybe in a traditional way, but maybe even putting your own spin or unique take on it. Because I was just having a conversation with someone recently about how we think of rumba as this this very sexy style. Mm-hmm. But what if you're not comfortable being sexy? Right. There are other interpretations. You can use different styles of music. So yeah. there is a lot of room for everyone in the in the ballroom world. If, if, if we kind of have the... I think for you, the courage and the bravery to sort of step out of that mold that's yeah. very traditional. Yeah. So not only did you start a business with a female partner, but mm-hmm. to actually branch out outside of your own comfort zone. <laughs> Definitely. And do solo <laughs> shows. Because I think for, 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 especially from a student's perspective, they think that we never get nervous. They think that we're <laughs> like, I mean, I would like, I lie. would be like in nervous sweats every time I compete and perform. I hate, like, I, I, I love to do it, but I hate to do it. Yeah. It's like so much anxiety. So to be able to do that in a traditional sense and mm-hmm. still be nervous is one thing, but to be able to sort of step out of those traditional boxes and still do that, I feel like is is really cool. Yeah, I got to work with what I have. I don't have a, a professional partner that I work with. And so what? how am I going to continue to push myself and take myself to the next level? And I'm just working with what I got. 
yeah. to make that happen. And I mean, if you wait around for a professional partner to come, who knows when you're going to be able to dance next, right? Right. Screw that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need men. We love you. We do love you. We do. And we love to dance with you, but we don't need to dance with you. Right. That's the key. Right. So a lot of today's episode, we're talking about women's roles in ballroom dancing. And I think feminism in ballroom dancing, I actually... Oh, this is actually just remembered this. This is kind of heartbreaking. I was with my nephew who's 16 years old. His mm-hmm. name's Will. He's just the best person in the world. He's like my favorite person. We were driving in my car and I was telling him, he was asking me about um, some photos that I had done recently. And I was telling him about the photo shoot that I had done. And it was for a feminist t-shirt brand. It's called Northern mm-hmm. Fashion, by the way, if you're listening. So check it out. It's really cool. It's a t-shirt brand that's sort of based off of how women deal with adjectives about themselves in the Mm -hmm. workplace. So instead of calling a woman bossy, you could call her a leader and things like that. Well, so I was telling him that was a feminist t-shirt brand. He said, oh, okay. And I said, well, you you would consider yourself a feminist, right? And he said, no. And I was like, oh my God, like my heart and soul, (laughs) this little boy that I changed his diapers, I was heartbroken. And I said, Will... What do you what do you mean? And he was like, Well, I'm not a feminist. And I said, Well, what do you think feminism is? Yeah. And then he goes, Oh, I don't know. Mm. And I said, Well, feminism is just equal rights for women and men, socially, mm-hmm. economically. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And he was like, Oh, yeah, I agree with that. And I said, Okay, so then you're a feminist. And he goes, Well, I wouldn't call myself a feminist. There's and a I was just negative, like, Oh my god. Oh, there's a negative tone to it. And it's sad because he's 16 years old, and I always think that like that young generation is like way more woke or whatever. Like, you know, like he had a a friend in ninth grade who he said was bisexual. I was like, what? They're not even sexual. And I'm like, well, how are you? (laughs) But you're not a feminist. Like, that's interesting. So I, I always feel like it's not, you know, there is a stigma with feminism in the sense that it sounds like women are angry at men. No. And we're not. No, we're, we're just fighting for our space. We're fighting for our right. We're fighting for the, you know, equal opportunity. Exactly. And especially in the ballroom world. Yeah. And, you know, to bring that back here, like, cause it is so male dominated. Right. And we were kind of talking wow. a little bit earlier about how it, it is male dominated. Mm-hmm. And one of the huge reasons for that is because of the demographic of people that want to take lessons. So mm-hmm a really huge portion of people that are buying lessons, going to competitions, doing showcases are women. And a lot of times it's single women because sometimes either they are single or their husbands don't want to dance or don't care Mm -hmm. about dancing as Mm -hmm. much as they do. Something that I find kind of fascinating is how do we as women kind of approach this industry where we are really outnumbered? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of women that are vying for the same positions, the same students, the same dance partners. How do we as women... I mean, it's going to be natural to be competitive because we're all kind of trying for the same roles or the same jobs or the same partners. How do we as women support each other and keep the competition healthy without trying to compare ourselves to each other? Yeah. Well, for me personally, what I'm focusing on is how can I make our women better by being a female? Because a guy cannot demonstrate female movement. Right. Some are really good at it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm some just are better put than that me. out there. Some are better than me. Some are really good at it. <laughs> but they don't have our bodies. Right. And so I think we do have a place to help our female clients, right. our students. Um, and I think we have to use that angle 
yeah. um, more. But also the guys need to use us more too. Like I, I feel I like it, that's a team effort. Yeah. And I think that's why couples work so well when they own um, a studio or have that partnership. Because that awesome. co-coaching thing yeah. happens naturally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But one thing I have noticed and I want to touch up on in the competition industry is that they're doing more and more gentlemen competitions only. Oh, really? Yes. And I think that is freaking phenomenal because there's no way our competitive guys are going to compete against the female competition. Yeah. There's no way. There is that level of fairness that's just, it's impossible. There's no fairness yeah. with that when you're putting everyone in one pool. Right. So the fact that competitions are recognizing that and that there's more female pros with male students out there, they are making separate categories. And they, I think they just called, um, one happening start. It's, it's starting in, um, January, 2020 at snowball. They, it's, um, called men in black. Oh, that's awesome. And it's a four competition series where they're focusing all on the men's gentlemen's entries. That's incredible. And, and I think that is such a huge movement. And I guess that's the difference between equality and equity. Yes. Right. Definitely. So equality would mean everyone gets treated exactly the same. Equity is like, okay, this is, this is what's fair. Right. Especially in a world where ballroom dancing is so subjective, you know, yes. and we're, and we're, um, you know, even opposed to like figure skating or gymnastics, mm-hmm. we're not even judged on a point system. No. We're just judged on a placement, Yep. which is tricky. Oh, I love that. That is so cool. Yeah, I love it. It started with um, dance sport. Okay. Um, they were doing more and more. Um, but now that there's an actual circuit now starting, it, it's only four um, competitions, but it, it's definitely a movement. And maybe that could even be encouraging for our guys that compete with their yeah. either their amateur partners or, or mm-hmm. their female instructors because, mm-hmm. you know, as much as we don't want to rely on how we feel about whether we got first place or made it to the finals or whatever – it, it can be a way to feel like you've made progress. And if you're constantly going to competitions and not placing well, not placing well, mm-hmm. because the competition is just not at the same level as no, you. No, it's apples and oranges. Yeah, that could be really discouraging. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's incredible. Especially for how expensive the competitions yeah. are and for you not to have that fair chance, that f- that equal opportunity. To and some really... sort of form of validation, yeah. like, wow, I can see some sort of improvement. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And along those same lines, I feel like for a very traditional industry, mm-hmm. I feel like there's some really big changes coming. So there's also been kind of a really bold announcement from the NDCA yes. that gender roles are going to be changing what? in competitive styles. I mean, this is insane. <laughs> I was actually really shocked when I saw this, that now same-sex partners are mm-hmm. going to be considered for... now, And there have been same-sex competitions, so it's not like blades of glory where <laughs> you know they were not allowed to dance together right. same-sex partners right but now it's going to be at it's more the mass competitions yeah. yeah same-sex partners are going to be allowed to compete without having to be in a separate category mm-hmm. i'm really excited about it yes i think it's fantastic i think it is going to be very controversial very i think a lot of people are going to feel some type of way about it because mm-hmm. because it is coming from such a traditional history of uh, of traditional gender mm-hmm. role yep Yep. I, I, to be honest, I was really shocked when I heard the announcement. As excited as I as I was, I was shocked because I felt like it kind of came out of nowhere. Yes. 
I was like, wow, this is, this is insane. And I felt like it was a really bold move. I think some people will be angry about it. I think some people will be excited about it. And I think it's a really good move forward for ballroom dancing. Yeah. It's, it's going to create major waves. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that I've always thought was interesting is sometimes there is a little bit of a stigma against two women dancing with each other in the sense of like, let's say when you and Trish had started your studio, Mm -hmm. you had just a wave of female clients come in by themselves and Mm -hmm. you didn't have a male instructor, you would teach them. Yep. But then you would get them to a certain point. You could do showcases with them at their studio and Mm -hmm. that would be great. But then when it came time to compete, You'd either be really limited and you'd have to go out to San Francisco or Las Vegas to do a same-sex competition with them, which isn't always affordable, or you just wouldn't be able to compete with them at all. Right. So I'm really excited about the idea of maybe not even just professional couples, but for women students to be able to dance with women instructors at competitions. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's really cool. And it was, this was also really cool. And I'll touch up on this. Um, I've been ready to compete competitively on the floor for a while, but I didn't have the partner. Yeah. Trish actually stepped up and we took our partnership to um, Glitz and Glitter Ball um, in Columbus one year. And we competed professionally. And that's a same-sex competition? It was a same-sex competition. Love that. And it was so cool that she, because she was already competing professionally, but I didn't have that opportunity, and she stepped up and helped me with that. And it it was a really cool feeling. And we we switched roles on the dance floor. Sometimes Ah, I led, sometimes she led. And that was a really, really cool experience that that was even an option for me to do that. And I just love that story behind a woman supporting another woman yes. in the industry mm-hmm. and not going like, oh, you don't have a partner. That's not my Screw problem. You. Sorry. Yeah. Or yeah. even sometimes it, not even from a, Hey, I'm not going to help you out perspective. But I, I think in a lot of ways it doesn't even occur to us Mm-mm. like, Oh, well I could dance with you at a same sex competition. Right. Yeah. And one of the things that I feel like for us as professionals, having to know intimately both the leader and the followers part Mm -hmm. makes us great dancers. And I feel like for students that can help as well. There's so many times, you know, you'll be teaching a couple or a a guy, lady, whatever, and they're struggling with something. You force them into the other role. And all of a sudden it's like a light bulb moment. Yeah. They're like, Oh, I felt that. That empathy, that perspective (laughs) of like, Oh, I was not going to get that result from what I was doing. Yeah. And I think that's incredible. Yeah. No, it's so important how and what we do, how it affects the other person right. in the nonverbal communication world. <laughs> yeah. yeah it, it's, it's, yeah, it's nice to switch that role even for a moment. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited too for women who possibly maybe live in an area where there aren't as many male instructors mm-hmm. that now will have access to dancing with the partners that they have available. Or also for women who maybe are a little bit more sensitive, maybe they're not as comfortable dancing with a man. Yep to have the opportunity to dance with a female instructor. And I'm also excited for people who, although, and this, maybe this is a whole other podcast episode, but (laughs) I'm also excited for people who either have a partner in life who's not comfortable with them dancing with. Yeah, actually a person. I don't think that's right, but it it exists. And a lot Mm -hmm. of people aren't comfortable with their significant other dancing with the partner An opposite sex, an opposite sex partner. And I think, that, you know, it is what it is and you do what works for your relationship. Mm -hmm. So I think it's also nice for people to have that opportunity as well. Definitely. And like you said, there's a unique perspective as women dancers. We understand our bodies, we understand our insecurities, Mm -hmm. and we understand what it takes to feel confident in our bodies. We have that empathy with other women, which is... And we can help guide them to gain those things. And that's the power of dance for sure. Yeah. Yep. So another 
kind of interesting thing about how women play into the ballroom world. I have some pretty crazy stories, and I'm sure you have some crazy stories too. Uh-oh. Might be a whole nother we're, episode. We're going there, huh? <laughs> but it is very interesting to, as women, deal with how we interact with men in the ballroom industry. Mm-hmm. Now, that could be in the form of students. It could be in the form of coaches. Mm-hmm. And it can also be in the form of our professional partners. Uh, I've had really good experiences. I've had really bad experiences, sometimes within the same partnership, (laughs) obviously. Um, How do you feel or how have you dealt with some of the issues as a woman in terms of, and we know that guys deal with this too. Um, We all get critiqued in this industry on our physical appearance yes, because it is a performance art. And one of the things that my friends ask me a lot who don't dance is they're like, why do you wear those fake nails and why do you get tan? Why do you wear so much makeup? And it's not a vanity thing. I mean, no. at some point we do want to stand out, yeah. but it's, it's, it's like for people that are performing on stage, you need people to see you from far away. Yeah. You need your face to look expressive. So that's that I understand. Mm-hmm. And that's a whole other side of it. Both men and women though, I feel like are very um, held very accountable for their physical appearance, whether it's their weight, their hairstyle, their hair color, mm-hmm. I do feel like as women, we maybe have to deal with it a little bit more because we just have more ways to alter our physical appearance than men do. Yep. So how have you dealt with that over your professional career? Oh boy. We are still dealing with it. It's, it's still definitely still dealing with it. Um, there, there's a point that I've gotten now that I've gotten really comfortable with my skin and who I am and what I have to offer, but that has taken time. Yeah. Um, I have been told I need to lose weight. I have been told I don't look a certain body type to dance the dance style <laughs> right. that I want to dance in. Um, because it, you have this image mm-hmm. or the, the ballroom world puts that image on that dance style or that you're too tall, you're too short for this. It's, it's like ballet. Right. I mean, it, it's the art industry and it, but what I love the fact is that we have the opportunity to break those stereotypes. Right. And that's what keeps me fighting. If I want to dance smooth, I'm not going to be that ballerina body. I'm never going With to have it. the perfect lines I and am, the high yeah, kicks and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I'm never going to have that. Yeah. I can't shave off my hips. I can't, you know. <laughs> so, rare. yeah. So I'm going to use what I have to, to make that happen. And I've been fortunate enough to be able to do that and continue to yeah. work on that. I'm, I'm not going to fall into those stereotypes, but you have to, you have to believe in yourself and you have to believe in your dreams and you have to believe in what you want to accomplish. And it's not easy. Yeah. So yeah, still fighting it, I guess, you know, and still, um, becoming one with it, but yeah, I'm not, I'm a fighter, man. <laughs> That's amazing. I love that. Well, you know, what? It's, it's incredible. I've, it's, it's amazing. And it is, again, it's a very subjective art form. So mm-hmm. everyone has opinions and whether yeah. they're going to say, bleach your hair, dye it red. For guys, I know guys get told to, to dye their hair or, or hit the gym or whatever. Wear we all, mascara. Yeah, wear mascara. <laughs> fill in Poor your guys. eyebrows. I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's so crazy. But, you know, we all, you do have to kind of, as a woman, I think it's really important as people in general, but specifically as a woman in this industry, because it can be really deflating on your ego. Definitely. You'll hear a lot of people's opinions on how you look. I've, I, you know, what's, what's fascinating though. I've only ever had women, uh, female coaches tell me to lose weight, which is really interesting. I have not. I've had male coaches tell me both. Mm-hmm. I, cause my, my, 
I, and I appreciate them for this. And I, I'm grateful because it really did give me a lot of confidence competing in a style like in smooth where mm-hmm. you're supposed to be long and lean and graceful and whatever, um, <laughs> whatever, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> um, a, a few of my male coaches would say to me specifically without me even bringing it up, they would say, you know what, you're curvier, you're thicker. That's really going to be a, a great advantage for you on the dance floor. And I, yeah. I would, I, what, what yeah. do you mean? I know I have to lose 40 pounds. What are right, you talking right, about? Right. So whether people are telling you to lose weight or not to lose weight, knowing your worth, knowing your value and accepting who you are today, Mm -hmm. we all have stuff we want to work on, whether it's our physical appearance or whether it's our dance technique, knowing your worth and being confident about that is, is huge and kind of, you know, taking people's opinions at, at face value. Right. And, and it's also uh, going with that is building your team that you have to be very, very careful who you allow on your journey. And there are people that will take advantage yeah. of, you know, you need to do this, you need to do that. It, it, it's constructive criticism versus criticism, right? Right To tear you down. Like, you just have to be very, very careful. And it takes time to build that team to help you build your dreams, your goals, and where you want to go. So it's not only working on yourself, but it's, it's paying attention to who's around you. Yeah. For sure. I feel like that's a huge part of it. Mm-hmm. So we've talked about this a little bit. Um, one of the challenges for us uh, women professionals in the ballroom industry is that we have to work a little bit harder, I feel like, because uh, the clients that we need maybe aren't as available. So a lot of single women by themselves are taking dance lessons. And I, I was talking with Lewis, my, my husband slash dance partner, a little bit about this episode before we started because I, I really didn't want to make it about men are making this hard for us. It's, Mm -hmm. it's really has nothing to do with it. Really. It's just our own struggles in the dynamics of our own profession. Yes. And I did kind of want to get that male perspective on, you know, how he felt women were in the ballroom industry. And he kind of felt that men and women in terms of, you know, how they're critiqued professionally, were the same, you know, we're both told to lose weight, to change our look, wear a different Latin shirt, whatever. (laughs) Uh, So we all have to deal with that. And that's just part of the dynamic of an an art form that relies Mm -hmm. on your look, right? Yeah, yep. I totally get that. One of the things that he did mention, though, that kind of gave me some perspective on sometimes the challenges we face as women is that when he first started teaching, and again, when we first started teaching professionally, we were at a franchise studio, so it was a little bit more of a smaller bubble. He said when he first started teaching, he felt like a god because he wasn't even that great at first, but as a male dancer, there's women lining up to dance with Mm -hmm. you and you don't even have to be that great to be sort of like put on a pedestal. Yeah. And I thought you had an interesting perspective on female dancers in the ballroom industry in terms of if we're amazing, that's just what's expected. Yeah. People automatically ask me like, Oh, you've been dancing your whole life. Right. That is not true. And that's far from the truth. But most people start in ballet, tap, jazz, and they stay in it, you know, and then that automatically transformed me into this amazing ballroom dancer or whatever. (laughs) Right. Which it's, it's far from the truth. And, but did you have any dance experience before you did ballroom? Not really. I I did maybe a couple things here and there. I actually, my background is in cheerleading, rah, rah, and (laughs) and martial arts. Oh, amazing. Which still had like, you know, the coordination of the body, the very relevant. It's just, it definitely is parallel, but it's not ballroom dancing. Yeah. Then doing that with a partner. 
Heck no. Right. Like I said, when I first introduced myself and told my story, I was terrible <laughs> <laughs> as a salsa dancer. It was it was bad. But it, it seems like we're already put in that category that we know what we're doing. We're expected to have great lines, pointed toes, have this amazing fluid movement. And we've had to learn that. Yeah. As women, you're just expected to be graceful. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like, yep. weren't you born like that? Aren't right. you just naturally a great dancer? Oh, you've been dancing your whole life. Yeah. That's, that's what I get a lot. Yeah. Like, no, and I'm I sure you really do too. Yeah. And it's, and it's funny because again, if you're an average dancer as a man, you're still really great mm-hmm. because there is a line of women that yep. are excited for that. But as women, we, we are, I think because there's more of us doing the same thing. Yeah. We are held at a little bit of a high, I think it's fair to say we're held at a little bit of a higher standard Mm -hmm. because women are expected to be graceful. They're expected to be natural movers. And I think that's an interesting challenge that we face. Yeah, Yeah, definitely that stereotype. So we do have a very interesting challenge in this industry, which I think only makes us stronger. I know that's a cliche, but I feel like women ballroom dancers are really incredible and empowered Mm -hmm. and really skilled at what they do and as teachers, not just as dancers, mm-hmm. because we do exist in a really competitive industry. Yeah. One time when I was at the studio where we will teach, our friend Jonathan was teaching a lesson to a very new student and I was coming across the floor to change the music and I heard her say to him, I don't know what the context of the conversation was. Okay. I heard him say to him, whoa, I guess ballroom's not for feminists. And I whipped my head around and I pointed oh. at her and I said, it is, it is for feminists. It is. You choose to follow. Yeah. <laughs> it just like came out of my mouth because I was so like, no, don't think that. That's the stereotype. And Jonathan just oh. kind of laughed and he was like, whoa. Yes, that's <laughs> correct. <laughs> But I don't want women to feel like, I guess as we're kind of wrapping up and we've kind of discussed the challenges we have, I don't want women to feel like they need a partner or have to have one. We love partners. We love to dance with other people. Yeah. It's an amazing feeling that everyone should have. Yes. Definitely not saying you should not have that. (laughs) Yes. We love guys. Mm -hmm. We love dancing with guys. We love dancing with other women. Yeah. Yeah. And we love it when guys, oh my gosh, one of my favorite things, I know it's probably yours too. One of my favorite things is when I'm at a salsa club and two guys are dancing with each other Yeah, because they're so like strong. They're so fast. They're so cool. And it's, it's amazing. I think everyone should get the joy out of ballroom dancing that they can. Yeah. I was really excited to have you as a guest on today's episode because I feel like you are just a perfect example of how a woman can thrive in this business with or without a partner. And kind of as we're wrapping up, I was wondering if you could give advice to any women out there who are either students Mm -hmm. or other professional women on how to exist in an industry where it is natural for women to be a little bit competitive with each other. Yeah, there's no reason to be competitive with each other. I think we really have to support each other. And there's so many different ways of doing that. And I think it is whether other women helping other women become better dancers. Yes. Um, I think that's our biggest like empowerment that we can do. And the guy, the guys will come. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they will. They'll um, be there somewhere. Yeah, but it, it's really, I mean, what makes a partnership amazing is when you're 110% comfortable with yourself and your movement to be able to give 110% of yourself, not only to yourself, but to that other person. I love that. That's the magic. Mm -hmm. We don't have to rely on someone else to make that happen. We actually have to rely on ourselves. And once you realize that in this 
partnership world, the easier it gets and it motivates me and I'm sure it motivates you to keep working, to keep progressing, to keep getting better because those other, those moments happen more and more often with your partner, those magic moments when you can break away and tell the story and the choreography, like it can happen automatically socially on the floor. It doesn't have to be a competitive routine put together. I don't know if this makes sense. It but, totally makes sense. I love it. But it's that's, so beautiful. It's so cool. Yeah. Or, um, you know, other female pros having opportunity for female students to have a female team. I think we should have more of that. Um, cause it only adds to what I just said to make you 110% of yourself as a dancer to give to someone else. That's how we can support each other. I love you know? that. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. And I think it goes back to this concept of you, whether it's about your body, whether it's about your situation, whether mm-hmm. it's about where you are in your dance journey, if yeah. you set yourself up in a position of waiting for something, you're never going to get anywhere. No. no. And I love that idea of, you know what, this is the opportunity that I have right now. Mm-hmm. This is the dancer I am with or without a partner. Yeah. And I can give that to someone or I can give it to myself. Right. And I think that's beautiful. We have to look outside of the tradition. We have to look outside of the box. That's perfect. More than ever, definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we're very excited to be women in the ballroom industry. Heck it does yeah. have its challenges, <laughs> but there's nothing like it, and it's definitely. the best thing in the world. Mm-hmm. And I'd say it's safe to say we're both pretty excited about some of the changes that are coming. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know about the gentlemen's competitions, yeah. so I think that's incredible. And yeah. we're both very excited to see what happens with the same-sex uh, gender being officially allowed at the yeah. NDCA. Yeah. So congratulations, NDCA, for being so progressive yeah. and amazing. Yeah. It's awesome. And thank you again for being such an amazing example for women in the industry. I think you. that you are I'm an amazing dancer, <laughs> a beautiful person, and a great example for women. Thank you. And thank you for being a guest on the podcast today. And we'll see you guys next time. Bye.